This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here at the Big 8 tournament champion. Middle school basketball coaching legend and Duke basketball shooting coach in his mind, Austin Orman. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, on air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Welcome to it on the block here on a Thursday. We got the right crew in here. I'm Austin. More importantly, he's Eric Strickland. Strick, how was your day off yesterday? Man, um, uh, it was a surprise, but shout out to State Baseball that was in action. Uh, some of my friends went out there to check it out. Uh, the weather ended up holding up really nicely. It was a beautiful uh, time for state baseball, and so it unfortunately crept into on the block time, so it gave me on the block out. <laughs> that it did. Uh, we filled for a little bit without you, but I'm glad to have you back in studio here. Also glad Mary Ellen's is back open. Oh, yeah, Mary Ellen's definitely open. 27th and Pine Lake, go out there, have a nice meal. Charles and the crew will definitely take care of you, but Stricky will not be able to attend um, one day I might have to meet you guys out there. Just have a freaking glass of wine and a slab of ribs. Uh, shout out to Mary Ellen's. Uh, the place that you uh, can meet us out there, though, is at Cedars next Wednesday. So six days from now, we'll be out there at 66th and Pioneers with Cedars for Give to Lincoln Day. We're there all day uh, here at 93.7 The Ticket, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Every one of our local shows is out there supporting Give to Lincoln Day. Uh, you're asked to make a donation towards the organizations that are you know critical to the care, support, and spirit uh, of Lincoln. The best way to do that, go to givetolincoln.com. Uh, that's where you donate. But you also specify where you like your funds to go. Again, we'll be out at Cedars. We, we highly suggest that you choose Cedars, the great work that they're doing for uh, the youth here in our city. Their mission is to help the children and youth achieve safety, stability, and enduring family relationships. I got the chance to talk to uh, a couple people from Cedars a couple Thursdays ago. Great time, great people doing great work in our community. So again, Give to Lincoln Day is in just six days, and we'll be out there at Cedars. Uh, anything on your mind, chime in throughout the show, 402-464-5685, the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, and the Sarder Heyman text line. Uh, Strick, we'll talk NBA later in the show, but I want to dive into this, um, th- these rankings of college coaches, just the Power Five yeah. from CBS Sports. Of course, these are all subjective. It's you know a couple people sitting down, putting their heads together. Hmm, you want to move him up one, down five, up 12, down 23, the rankings themselves don't really matter, but I think you can you can glean some you know bigger picture points from them. And one of them, this from CBS Sports, has Matt Rule of Nebraska ranked ahead of Kirk Ferentz and Pat Fitzgerald, two longtime Big Ten West stalwarts. And again, we know Iowa, their offense hasn't been good, but that's still a program that's won eight nine games mm-hmm. consistently. Mm-hmm. Northwestern's fallen off a little bit. But Pat Fitzgerald still respected football mind, did a good job building Northwestern up to to what it has been before. I get it. I think Matt Rule, you know, had a good and run he's at won Temple and Baylor. Yeah. A few. Which is a division, yeah. yeah. A few division championships. Okay, yeah. Right. I, I get it. I'm excited about the Matt Rule hire. I, I think he can be good. But to rank him ahead of those two guys right now in his return to college in an era he hasn't coached in, I don't know if I can get behind that straight. Well, I still think it's way early. Um, you know, definitely past Fitzgerald. 
I, I think Pat Fitzgerald, like in 2020, goes seven and two. Um, he has a roller coaster ride, but a lot of his stuff is not of his own doing. I mean, he gets what has hurt. I think Northwestern two things. One has been transfer portals, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then you have a high entry level that is tough to to happen. Similar to Georgetown, it just there's certain schools, Stanford, Northwest, certain schools mm-hmm. that are going to struggle, especially now. In the past, the prestige of those schools meant something. Now, with transfer portal, with so many people, with NIL, so many things that used to translate for success beyond the game of football where even if you were a super athlete, you were okay with going there because you understood the dynamic of I can only play football a certain amount of years. This is going to put me in line with a grouping of individuals and, mm-hmm. and alumni that's going to help me beyond the years. Now, that's that's changed a lot. Guys like Skronsky, you know, you're, you're always going to get your, your few, but you're not going to be able to maximize. Where he's benefited is he's such a good coach that he's gotten guys in ran them through the system, mm-hmm. and by the time they become juniors and seniors, he turns two and one, twos, and three stars into solid fours, great linebackers, solid play, and the safe, you know, just different players become better because of mm-hmm. the training and, and the system. But you lose that now with transfer portals. So that's where he struggles. Then the entrance uh, there is a struggle. Um, it's not necessarily that he's a bad coach. Obviously, that's not the case, but he, he doesn't benefit from it. He doesn't. And again, at some point, you have to see results on the field again. But again, this is Northwestern we're talking about. This has never been a football power. What Pat Fitzgerald has done in his time there is impressive, has been consistently impressive. And you have to say the same for Kirk Ferentz. As much as we laugh at their offense, as much as we don't give him credit for their defense, Iowa was just fine. Just fine. Plain, middle-of-the-road, fine program. That's an 8-9-10 win team now under Kirk Ferentz's watch. And again, I'm not saying Nebraska can't get to that. I think Matt Rule long-term will be a better coach than Kirk Ferentz. But as I look at those two guys, to rank Matt Rule ahead of them right now... Well, shoot, even ahead of Dave Aranda. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you've got... I mean, yeah, you're right. Ahead even of Sarkeesian. Ahead of, I mean, that's... that's, that's Matt, ahead of Matt Campbell. Right, right. Again, I think Matt Rule's going to be good. I'm glad Nebraska got him. But right now, don't you stick in middle of the pack and say work your way up? Well, that's what's that's what's been happening. I mean, you you, you threw Deion Sanders at fifty five. Um, let's just give let's just be honest about that whole situation. You lose over three fourths of your team, and you've now recovered that with the types of players that you've been wanting. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody and their mama thought that there's no way he's going to be able to recover from this. Now, we don't know what that's going to end, how that's going to translate to wins, but that that in itself is phenomenal. Um, Matt is definitely the beneficiary of past situations. Nebraska, more than anybody, benefits from the tradition of the program, mm-hmm. the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember there's been a couple of years where they've been ranked, they have done nothing. But they find themselves jumping to the top 25 because you get a, you know, supposedly solid recruiting class mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of a cupcake early couple games. And then you 
you show up and, and somebody smacks you in the mouth and it's downhill from that point on. They benefit more than anybody from that. I think he's getting the benefit of the doubt. I do hope that he's able to accomplish. I just think that the way that the program is built right now, the way that they're planning to build it, because you can see it, you can see that he's doing everything he talked about in their press conference. They're going, he's going out there, he's finding gems, you know, uh, diamonds that are still got coal, lump of coal on them. They ain't been cleaned up yet. You know, they they're still dirty. They they haven't been in the system long enough. I, his program, I think, is a three to four year program build. I, if he gets it turned around that quick, you, it's going to be a high reliance on on Jeff Sims. Mm-hmm. I heard you guys talking about whether or not Jeff Sims is similar to Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker. Yeah. If that's the case, then you know there could be a quick turnaround. You know, but but we'll see. But then you've got to understand what is his skill player is going to be. What is his right? Well, who in the wide receiver core is going to be? that one that's going to step up. So it's going to be interesting to see. That it will. Um, Some other interesting uh, rankings for Big Ten coaches. Jim Harbaugh, according to CBS Sports, is the number five coach in America, top coach in the Big Ten. Ryan Day at number eight. James Franklin at number 10. But sandwiched between Day and Franklin, Luke Fickle. Mm. Hasn't coached a game at Wisconsin. Did good work at Cincinnati. For him to jump all the way up to number nine, Drake, I think they're very high on him, and I would be worried Wisconsin's in for a rude awakening with all the change they're undergoing. So many changes that they're undergoing. I, I, I don't see that for them. But Wisconsin is really getting a huge benefit of the doubt. Um, shout out to Lance Leopold, who's doing a, a tremendous job. Um, you know, I like Stoops. I like that whole situation. Um, but climbing, that's that bag that climbing up in the top 15. I mean, they got something going down there. You know, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm in big support of them because, you know, my nephew down there, uh, Keegan Johnson, hoping to have something go really well for them. Um, I still, in a lot of ways, there's something about James Franklin at 10 that, that just doesn't I, – he's got talent. He keeps getting talent. He, they, there's something about him that's fraudulent. I, I, I hate to say it. Word. I used it. I hate to say it. Um, but I still think he's got a good team. And if he doesn't if he doesn't do it with this team, then, yeah, he's fraudulent to me. Don't forget that he did win that one uh, Big Ten championship um, back with uh, Trace McSorley and Saquon mm-hmm. back in 2016. Yeah, 2016 it mm-hmm. would have been. But since then, Ohio State, you know, took that next step after that 2014 title, and Michigan rose up. So Penn State can be the third best team in the Big Ten, but it's the third best team in its division right now. At some point, yeah, are you happy with that? Are you happy with ten wins losing to Ohio State and Michigan, maybe picking off one or the other some years? Or is there enough in James Franklin to help them take the next step? I'm with you. I don't know right now. He's yeah. a good coach, but yeah. is there more in there? Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel about it. I'm still – I still think the uh, the debate is out on Brian Kelly. Um, I like what he was able to do at LSU. I still think the debate is out as to whether or not – I mean, we've seen him have come-and-go types of situations. Um, he's definitely in a recruiting area now to where he's going to be able to get the kind of talent that's needed in order to have some success. But, you know, for me, is that is that kind of too high? Um I think Kyle Whittenham is doing a wonderful job at Utah. Mm-hmm. I've got I, uh, 
he's taken a nothing program and just made it, you know, relevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely out there. He's probably got the best team out in what out in the West. So yeah, I mean, it's, a lot of it is not crazy to me. Um, is Chip Kelly living off the name, the past guys like that? Um, yeah, those. So there's some interesting things out there to consider now. Mike Norville, how does he feel about losing a great portion of a lot of his his solid skill guys going over to Colorado? Mm-hmm. You know, is that is that a a uh, stick it to you type of thing from Dion basically saying you should have hired me? You know, that's that, that I should be there. You know, I don't know. Is there some gamesmanship going on along those lines? Because that's crazy. That's that's something I don't think you can track that has happened. Five teams, five players plus. Actually, I think there's maybe more. I think there might be six. But five players from one team going – I haven't seen it. And, and if and, hey, tell me if I'm wrong. Solder Heyman text line, 402-464-5685. Help me. You don't need help. You're not wrong. Uh, we know you're right. <laughs> text line, don't try to argue. Do text in, though. Yeah. But we know do. Strick's right. That's crazy. We're going to talk basketball now uh, for a lot of the rest of the show. Some NBA, but also, Strick, an interesting conversation that you, you threw out there as we were getting ready for the show. Leverage. How do athletes use it? What does that mean? What all goes into that? And, I mean, the, the examples are NBA that come up, but also Aaron Rodgers had a lot of leverage. How did he use it? How did teams use leverage for and against players? We're going to have that discussion at 3, uh, but again... Uh, don't forget to shoot out with Strick coming up in about 15 minutes. $30 to Buffalo Wings and Rings on the line for you. More on the block on 93.7 The Ticket next.